nine minutes. My snooze button gives me nine minutes. Nine, nine minutes is not a snooze. 90 minutes. That's a snooze. Has, has anyone ever woken up from the nine minutes refreshed? Oh, I was exhausted nine minutes ago, but now, right as rain. Thank you, Gary Gelman. Thanks for hitting the snooze button. Express, I'm Neil Headley. I was prepared to write off a literal lifelong battle with insomnia to just being a part of doing more than 30 years of morning television and radio. Well, when I dug a little deeper, it turned out there was a ton more to learn. So in this series, we try to help people fix their sleep by figuring out why mine is so horribly broken, and maybe we stumble upon some answers together. I want to introduce you to this week's guest. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Stanley, the author of Widen the Window, training your brain and body to thrive during stress and recover from trauma. She has more degrees than a thermometer, including from places like Yale and Harvard and MIT. She's a U.S. Army veteran. She put together a program called Mindfulness-Based Mind Fitness Training that's been taught to all kinds of people in both civilian and military high-stress environments. Her story is incredible. We're going to get into detail on that. We're going to talk about the intersection, if you will, of stress and sleep and PTSD and sleep issues like the one that was the biggest factor in my sleeplessness, periodic limb movement disorder. All kinds of ground to cover with Dr. Elizabeth Stanley. This book, you know, I've had people say to me that we often want to research what we need to know. And in my case, this book was a labor of love in terms of healing my own mind and body. I come from a long family lineage of warriors. And with that comes a long lineage of intergenerational trauma. And I had early life experiences that were traumatic and stressful. I experienced shock trauma events, um, sexual violence, and a near-death experience when I was deployed in the military to Bosnia, and a sexual harassment claim that required being a whistleblower, and just kind of chronic, ongoing stress and trauma from which I never recovered. And my mind and body were stuck on high for decades. And one of the classic ways that stuck on high shows up for us when we're dysregulated in that way is insomnia. And so I spent probably mm, 20 years of my life where I was sleeping somewhere between two to four hours a night. And, you know, the costs on your body and on your mind from that kind of sleep deprivation is immense. And um, my system began to show all kinds of symptoms. I I had developed asthma, I had really bad respiratory problems, and I had Lyme and didn't know it, and eventually I lost my eyesight. <laughs> and that was my wake-up call. When you can't see as a professor, you're like, okay, time to reevaluate and do something different. Um, and so I, um, you know, I had already been doing some talk therapy and not finding a lot of help from that. And we can talk a little bit later on about why that might be the case when someone's really dysregulated. But uh, I found mindfulness meditation. I did some work um, with some body-based trauma techniques and eventually got certified in one of those techniques myself. I developed a resilience program um, that uh, we offered to, initially we offered to military, um, active duty troops that were preparing for combat deployment. And we did four different neuroscience studies to test the effectiveness of this resilience program. 
And I've now taught it in lots of other ways. And this book is kind of an outgrowth of my own life experiences with stress and trauma and resilience. And then the experiences of all the men and women I've trained in a wide range of high stress situations, military, civilian, and even on campus um, at Georgetown. Before I go another second, I need to say thank you for your service. Uh, I am really blessed that I had the opportunity to serve. And those are some of the most formative uh, years of my life. Challenging, but I also learned a tremendous amount. Um, the, the kind of camaraderie and the kinds of committed people that you have a chance to work with is, is really special. And so when I have watched so many um, thousands of men and women coming home from deployments um, and seeing some of the suffering that they're going through with the dysregulation in their own minds and bodies after being on in those really challenging situations. Um, I felt compelled to be able to offer some of what I'd learned on my own journey and share it with them. I want to focus for a second on sleep deprivation because People who have become regular listeners uh, to this podcast become aware of an interview we did in the second episode ever, which was with Dr. Adrian Owen, world-class neuroscientist. And we talked about this journey that I'm on to try and find better quality sleep. And having read all of these scary studies that are suggesting that uh, sleep deprivation puts you on a collision course with Alzheimer's and all these different things. But there was a term in there that I was completely ignorant as to its meaning until I talked to Dr. Owen, cognitive decline, which I had come to associate as basically being another way of saying Alzheimer's or memory loss or something like that. And one of the things that Dr. Owen made crystal clear, and I talk to people a lot about it now, is that cognitive decline isn't necessarily Alzheimer's. It's more about the decisions that you make, the 100 or 200 little decisions that you make every single day and how a, a chronic lack of sleep has massive impact on those decisions. Absolutely. Chronic sleep deprivation is a form of chronic stress arousal. And whenever we are in a state of chronic stress arousal, our thinking brain functions, our executive functioning, our attention, our short and long-term memory, our ability to access facts and, and employ them, our ability to see situations clearly, our ability to make decisions, our ability to problem solve, our ability to connect with other people, all of these things are controlled by thinking brain functions. And all of those functions are degraded when we have had chronic sleep deprivation. And for me, um, when I was doing some of the research about sleep for the empirical, you know, experimental research about sleep for the book, for the chapter that talks most about this. The finding that was most interesting to me was the fact that in several different experimental studies, you know, they put people into different amounts of sleep restriction. You know, they were allowed to sleep three hours a night or four hours or five or six or seven or eight or nine. And the only groups um, that did not see any declines in their thinking brain functions were the people that were consistently getting allowed to sleep eight or nine hours a night. Everyone else saw declines. Um, and people who were having just being asked to sleep the six, the eight hours, I'm sorry, the six hours a night, um, which is what many Americans and, and Westerners and people on the planet get. Six hours is for many people considered a full night's sleep. But when that is sustained night after night, after two weeks of that, 
their cognitive performance was impaired to the level of people who were at a legally drunk level in terms of their performance on these different cognitive measures. Um, and the piece that was most interesting for me about that was they asked them at the same time, do you think your lack of sleep is affecting your performance? Every single one of them said no. So it isn't just that our thinking brain functions have declined. It's also that we're oblivious to how much the sleep deprivation is affecting our thinking brain functions and our performance. So it becomes a bit of a vicious circle. We don't realize how compromised our attention and memory and um, decision-making is. And so we're not getting enough sleep. And then as you put it, we're making all of these choices day in and day out, moment by moment, that are being very affected by that lack of sleep. It hurts our willpower. You know, it affects a lot of other things I'm sure we can talk about. But yes, it's, um, it's global in its effects. So much more with Dr. Elizabeth Stanley on our website, thesnoozebutton.com. Till next week, my name's Neil Headley. Hey, do me a favor, get some sleep, would you?